Are you considering bariatric surgery? It can be so confusing, right? And downright scary. How much will it cost you? Who's the best surgeon for you? How do you know if that surgeon is any good? What about the right hospital or surgical center? What services should you look for? Well, coming up, bariatric dietitians Gail and Isabel join me to share information that will help to save you time and money in your selection of the right surgeon and hospital or surgical center. Don't go anywhere. Did you know that ProCare has a multivitamin soft chew that comes in three delicious fruit flavors? With flexible dosing, you can accommodate your whole family's vitamin needs, and it even includes iron. Paired with calcium chews and our protein powder, visit ProCareNow.com and use code SUSAN10 to save 10%. Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell, ex-radio dietitian turned podcaster. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 144. Are you tired of the hype and confusion when it comes to nutrition? especially bariatric nutrition. It's enough to make you say, forget about it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, I do. And Gail and Isabel do. We know what to do. When it comes to your bariatric surgery, nutrition is specific. So let's cut through the hype. Let's get to the accurate nutrition information you need to know. Simple strategies that work in your real life. I created Bariatric Surgery Success just for you. You're in the right place, and I'm so glad you're listening today. I want to give a shout out to Nurse Khaki, who said, I'm a nurse practitioner as well as a weight loss patient. I look forward to Dr. Susan's podcast every week. The information is grounded in scientific nutrition research and not hype. It is presented in an entertaining format by someone who is obviously experienced and passionate about helping those in the bariatric community. Well, hello, Nurse Khaki, and thank you for your five-star Apple podcast review. I am very passionate about our community, and I'm glad that it comes across to you. It's also top of my list to be sure that the information that I give you and that Isabel and Gail bring to you is all backed by science. In fact, joining me now are your expert bariatric dietitians, Isabel and Gail, who in their clinical practices have their fingers on the pulse of the most up-to-date scientific information. Isabel Maples is a bariatric coordinator at UVA Health in Haymarket, Virginia. Gail Smith is the bariatric dietitian at the Weight Loss and Bariatric Surgery Institute here in Orlando, Florida. You can find both Isabel's and Gail's contact information in the show notes. Hey, Isabel. Hey, Gail. Hello, Susan. You know, so much to think about when you consider bariatric surgery. It's confusing, and I think for many people, downright scary. There's a lot of information you need to find out before surgery. How much is it going to cost? And who's paying for what? (laughs) Who's the best surgeon? What type of services should be included? We're going to answer a lot of these questions and share things for you to think about. It's so important to know up front what you can expect and what's expected of you. 
Services and fees really vary. So you want to do homework to prevent any surprises and unexpected costs. One of the first things that comes to my mind is, do you have insurance coverage? And if you do, find out if your insurance company has any specific requirements that your surgeon or your hospital or surgical center must meet. Isabel, I I know you were telling me that you spend a lot of time keeping up with all of these insurance nuances. So start us off with the top questions you should be asking your insurance company. Well, that is my number one tip right there, that even if your bariatric clinic can verify whether or not you have coverage for bariatric surgery, you need to ask your insurance that yourself. Because after all, it is your money. You don't want to have any surprises at the last minute. Um, and we want to make sure that you have the same information, that you you get that same information that your clinic gets about whether you're covered. So pull out the number on the back of your insurance card and call member services and ask these four questions. Do I have coverage? And one of the ways of finding out if you have coverage besides saying bariatric or weight loss surgery, um, you could also give them the codes that billing uses to code for those, those procedures. And Susan, those might be in the show notes. Yeah, I, I think that's so smart to have those procedure codes. And yes, I have put various bariatric procedure codes in the show notes. So you can grab those codes there and have them in front of you before you call. So then ask your insurance, hey, this policy does cover bariatrics, but are there any exclusions that my employer has opted out of? Oh, that's interesting. Well, the policy itself may cover it, but I've seen... It, you know, employers after just kind of uncheck the box for the bariatric surgery. So they'll go through the whole policy and say, yeah, yeah, you've got coverage. And then you're like, wait, are there any exclusions? Oh, yeah, this patient doesn't have, this patient has an exclusion. So oh, ask, wow. then you may ask if there are any limitations with facility. For instance, do you need to go to a certain facility to get insurance coverage because that's usually a way for the insurance to save money. Um, or do you, can you go anywhere you want? And then ask if your provider and the hospital are in network, because obviously that's where you're going to get the best coverage. Even if the insurance covers somebody out of network, you're probably going to pay more. You know, Isabel, I'm curious about coverage because nutrition consults, Sometimes they're covered, sometimes they're not. It really varies among insurance companies. And of course, (laughs) I think this is really important. So I'm curious about coverage. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, when I came into this job thinking that most insurance companies may not cover nutrition, but in reality, at least in our area, we see a lot of insurance companies that do cover the nutrition. Sometimes they don't even cover the bariatric surgery, but they'll still cover the bariatric, the, the nutrition services to prepare um, for surgery. And so ask and verify that your provider's in network. You might ask about your copay. You might ask about, um, you know, is, do they have to pay the deductible before you start getting coverage? And, and 
are there any coinsurance like an 80, 20, 90, 10, those kind of questions. So to give you an idea of how much it's going to cost, but we have a lot of insurance companies that pay 100% of that nutrition visit, no copay, doesn't wait for their deductible to apply. And, you know, you're not paying anything out of pocket for it. And, and sometimes even for unlimited number of visits throughout the year, as long as that is medically necessary. See, I think that's awesome. And if you don't have insurance, and let's say you're going into this and this is going to be a cash price, then I think it's real important to say, look, if I pay ahead of time, mm -hmm. um, how much is it going to cost me? If I pay you cash, can I get a deal on that? Because remember, deals are made in these types of things. I don't want it to sound like that. Well, let's let, let's make a deal. But <laughs> I think when oh, you, yeah. you ask, it's <laughs> a, you, you don't know. You If you don't ask, you don't get. Well, and the reality is that insurances usually have an allowance. They basically say, here's what we're going to pay. And so if you ask ahead of time, you often can get a similar price, a discounted price, because that's what the insurances are getting by paying it too. Yes. And my center actually does charge just a, a flat fee for my initial visit with, with me in person, in a class, or via telemedicine virtually. And, and I've seen other programs do the same thing where, you know, maybe it's a package or a one-time thing. Right. You know, per yeah. visit. Yeah. yeah. Mine is usually a one-time visit, though they have my number and they can call me or email me. They have my email and we can talk again a little bit. But if they do want to see me again, they can arrange that as well. And sometimes the insurances would probably cover it. But I know at my facil facility currently for bariatrics, they usually do charge a flat fee or I'm incorporated in some of the different programs that we have. And what mm -hmm. I, I love to hear, Gail, is that there are options now. There are one-on-ones. There are clinics or classes. And there are virtual appointments for those who may be flying in from somewhere else but have exactly. questions and want to see you. This makes the, the nutrition angle so much better today, I think, in terms of availability, don't you? Oh, yeah. And some of them really prefer that one-on-one -on -one virtually with me to get all of their questions out. Because sometimes in a class, even though it's only five or six, they may not want to ask those questions. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Well, another thing that matters, credentials. <laughs> we all want to know that what, whether we're credentialed or the others are credentialed, whether your center is. Gail, your center participates in the MBSA QIP program. Would you explain to people that are going the who, the what, that they participate? What <laughs> is this and what does it mean? Yes, we do. And we call it MBSA QIP for the QIP to remember it better. And it stands for the Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery Accreditation and Quality Improvement Program. Woo, that's a mouthful. Yeah, no, yeah. no wonder it has a little nickname. <laughs> yeah. And you just need to, uh, I think it's kind of a nice thing to find a surgeon hospital or surgery, surgery center that participates in this because this program was established by that American Society of Bariatric Surgery and the American College of Surgeons Society for the Metabolic Bariatric Surgery. That MBSA QIP really does accredit inpatient and outpatient bariatric surgery centers in the U.S. and Canada. 
And what it involves is undergoing an independent and voluntary, very rigorous peer review evaluation in accordance with certain nationally recognized bariatric surgery standards. So this does require for that program, like we are, we are accredited, it does require that we collect and send quality data to them on a very frequent basis throughout the year. And it only lasts like three years or something like that. And we have have to go through this this whole process where someone comes and reviews us and all of the team is there. So it's quite involved. So Gail, is this, so this program, as you were just saying, to make sure that this is clear, was set up or is part of the American Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery, which today we call ASMBS. Is that correct? That is correct. Hmm. That program is part of that um, uh, organization. Because there are other programs out there through, say, um, some other obesity groups that may have different types of centers of excellence, right? So they right, have to right. ask who is the group or what, how are they accredited or what kind of center, center of excellence? Can you tell us any more about that? Yes, because there are other programs out there, like one is Obesity Action Coalition, and that might be a very fine program. But from what I understand, that we decided not to go through that one. We wanted to stay with the ASMBS one. And there's also, I think Isabel may have hinted at that, there are certain insurance companies that we also have been associated with that designate us as a center of excellence. I'm thinking about that when like an insurance company such as Blue Cross Blue Shield, I believe they have a program called the Blue Distinction program that recognizes certain quality providers and doctors. Isabel, is are you familiar with this? And are these types of programs, let's see how I'll say this, as strict or as rigorous as the ASMBS accredited facilities? Do you know? Well, that's a little bit different because, I mean, the insurances may have certain criteria, the number of cases that a doctor does um, per year. It may have, you know, may look like, for instance, the QIP program that um, that Gail's talking about looks at complications. A center of excellence might do that as well. So bottom line, what the insurance company is trying to do is get you a quality program that's going to minimize its cost. And some of these programs, the, in, the, the, the hospital, for instance, has to pay into to be, a, be a referred as that distinction. And some of them are based on, um, you know, criteria like quality indicators like Gail was talking about. So the main thing is that if your insurance is going to require it, then it's going to be pretty hard to fight that. If your insurance says you have to go to a Blue Distinction Center, then you're going to go to a Blue Distinction mm-hmm. Center because that's where you're going to get, you know, the coverage. That said, actually, I have seen where somebody will say, well, yeah, this pro- this hospital and this hospital is a center of excellence, but guess what? It's going to take me a long time to get my surgery there. And this, the hospital will even say, you're welcome to go to another program, get all your prerequisites done, and then transfer over to our program because we can get you in faster that way. 
Very interesting. See, this is why this information is so important. The more you know, the more in-depth questions you can ask, and you won't be confused or going, ooh, I wish I had known that. (laughs) We'll be back in a (laughs) moment, and we'll tell you what to look for in a well-rounded program. Bariatric Surgery Success is thrilled to partner with New Hope Girls, women empowering women. They offer a discount to our community. Code? Transform to save 15% and celebrate our shared commitment to transformation. Shop their beautiful bags at newhopegirls.com. We're back. So what should you look for in a well-rounded bariatric surgery program? I'm thinking options such as qualifications of the surgeon, nutrition consults with registered dietitian nutritionists, classes, follow-up care, access to care when you have issues. Isabel, what do you think people should be asking about? What options should they be looking for? Well, one of the first things I see patients doing is Googling and saying, all right, what are some programs near me? Obviously, you know, how convenient it is for you to go to a facility and have the different um, appointments. Some, some places you are far away and you, you can go in and get a whole bunch of things done at one time in one trip. But others, not so much. Virtual appointments have really changed the game in terms of going further away. But that convenience, whatever that looks like, makes a difference. Another thing is you probably know somebody who's had bariatric surgery. Most of our patients do run across somebody in their life that has had bariatric surgery and ask for referrals. What went well? What didn't go well? What would you, you know, what would you recommend? Um and then were they happy with the results? And, you know, what do they have to say about the time frame, the whole process itself? Um, and you can call your insurance company and say, hey, who is in network with what are the providers in network for bariatric surgeries? And ask, ask the insurance. And then is the surgeon board certified actually in bariatric surgery? I mean, that's, that's a big one too. Is that their specialty or did they dabble in a lot of different things? Uh, agreed. And, and look to see if they have a history of malpractice or disciplinary actions against them. Read what other people say about them and their office and the staff and the way that you are treated. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and you're going to see reviews, you know, you're going to see that occasional bad review on anybody maybe. But, you know, most of it. And so you can throw out maybe the best and the worst and then kind of look at what the general consensus is. Oh, I so I totally agree with that. There'll be people that I'll see that on my Apple podcast reviews for some people. They just don't like me or like what I have to say or yeah. like, like my Southern voice or whatever. So it just <laughs> is what it yeah. is, right, yeah, Gail? Yeah. Talk yeah. about experience. <laughs> yes. Experience really does count. Oh, my gosh. How many bariatric surgeries does that surgeon do a year? Look to see if the surgeon really does have, like Isabel was referring to, credentials like the AA, excuse me, the FAS, MBS, which stands for Fellow of the American Society of for Bariatric and Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery. This means that they have to do at least 25 approved surgeries a year. And let me tell you, with three surgeons, we do a thousand surgery or and or Yikes, procedures wow. per year. So That's you know that our doctors have done a lot. And I think that makes a big difference. Um, and also, does gender matter to you? Do you prefer a male or female, perhaps? But all of ours are... Uh, 
male surgeons. Uh, yeah. this, this may or may not, right? Isabel, be important to you. Yeah, we have, we have our main surgeon is a female surgeon and we have a newer yeah. surgeon that came on last year that's male. So, um, you know, we've, we have people, some people say, oh, I prefer one or the other, but yes. mostly people are just looking for a good surgeon that treats exactly. them well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm big on bedside manner. How do they communicate with you, both the surgeon oh, yeah. and the surgical center and team? You want a surgeon who hears you and considers your treatment preferences and respects your questions that you ask and the decisions that you make. And, you know, how extensive is the program? I mean, is are you going in just for surgery or are you really looking for a team that can take care of you before and after surgery? We want you to get prepared with new nutrition, with a psychological evaluation, maybe exercise, all those different pieces besides what the surgeon brings, but in the different tests that the surgeon can order so that you are best in the best position to go in and get the most out of that surgery and be successful after surgery. But the relationship does not stop there. Our team, our surgeons included, choose bariatrics because you have a relationship. You don't just go in and do a gallbladder and you never see that patient again, except maybe one time. You're having a relationship. We want to see you. And that first 90 days of care after after surgery is already included in the price of the surgery. So take advantage of that time. Yeah, very good points. And, and speaking of price of the surgery, bariatric surgery costs vary, don't they, Gail? Oh, yeah. And sometimes, like I know we've been alluding to, self-pays might get a better price point. Um, uh, it can vary anywhere from 11000 for a sleeve all the way up to 17000 for a duodenal switch. But with your insurance, of course, that may be totally covered, nothing out of pocket or very little out of pocket. And Gail, don't you think that we're going to see uh, changes and fluctuations in prices always oh, yeah. year to year, oh, yeah. month to month? And mm -hmm. I think we'll see some hybrid uh, um, programs, if you will, maybe surgeries that then include medications before the new oh, weight yeah. loss medications before or after. What do you mm -hmm. think about that? And that's something we're going to talk about in our next next time that Gail and Isabella are with me. We'll get really in depth to this. But don't you see the, think that we will see various options if Absolutely. they're not already if you don't already have them? Yes, we already have them. And yes, the prices are different for those medications as well. Some are included by the insurance companies and some aren't. So and it just depends on your needs and also just making sure that they understand they can come back and see the dietitians as well. Very important. And Isabel, I know we brought this up a little bit, but it's very smart to ask what your out-of-pocket fee, what it is that you're responsible for, what do you have to bring to the table is going to be? Yeah, even if you've got insurance coverage, obviously your portion of that surgery price and preparation for surgery may still be adding up. So you need to ask. And instead of asking the program itself, the better thing to do is to ask your insurance company. Here's why. The insurance company has an allowance that it will pay for this surgery. And so whereas the, the facility and the hospital and the provider of the clinic 
they they deal with all sorts of insurance companies and they may not know the exact allowance for your insurance. So ask your insurance. They know what the allowance is. They know what your co-pays are. They know what your co-insurance split, the 80, 20, 90, 10, whatever it is. Um, they know what that is. So the, And they know if you have a copay for inpatient surgery or outpatient surgery or whatever. So that they're the best person to ask. I agree. And sometimes the insurance year starts and stops differently from the regular calendar year. And I think it's important to know how that might affect any deductible you have or any payments and when you might want to plan your surgery. Yeah, it might not be January to December. It might be, you know, July to yeah, June. Right. So ask about that. And if you can get, you know, we have people say, hey, I've already paid my deductible for this year. So can I get my, my surgery sure. done before yeah. next month? Yeah, yeah. Just, being, just being smart. Well, as mm-hmm. we wrap up, any last thoughts, anything that have come to mind that either of you want to share? Well, one thing I want to make sure I share with y'all is I think some patients don't realize that they need like three, six, or 12 visits with us or with a nurse practitioner with us or out on the outside in order mm-hmm. to be approved for surgery. Are you talking about before surgery? Yes, Gail? yes, yes. The what are the prerequisites? What are the prerequisites? Then they can be like three, six, and even 12 visits. And they don't have to be once a month. They can be every two weeks. So we can speed that up for the patient. But they need to understand that. And the reasoning for that is probably education, 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 sure. to learn more about what they can do prior to surgery, as well as getting ready for the changes after surgery. Yeah, because this isn't just a surgical procedure. This is a life. This is a A lifestyle change and a lifetime change that you want to go in as prepared as possible. Absolutely. We're looking before surgery to set you up for success after surgery. And there is a lot that can happen after surgery in terms of emotions, relationships, nutrition. We've talked about all that. Absolutely. That's why we bring Dr. Connie in to join us for that mental health aspect, because mental health and nutrition are so intertwined. Ah, As always, thank you. I appreciate your time. This is good information. And I hope as you start to look around and determine your surgery, who is right for you, the center, the surgeon, the dietitian, that you will find this information helpful. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Isabel. You're welcome. And remember, yeah, always great for to have you guys on here and go back and listen again. There's a lot of information. Go back to the parts that you think. Now, what was it they said? Take some notes because remember, you are worth it. Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.